Hey, it's Doug Birch, and you're listening to another edition of the Fairly Spiritual Show. So I'm a pastor. Pastors are supposed to just get along with people better. You know, just somehow naturally want to be with people more than the rest of the people on the face of the earth. Well, I have a secret for you. I've been called to ministry, but I don't really like people. Or at least, I don't really want to be with most people. I just want to be with safe people. But the problem is, no one seems safe. We'll talk about this. How can you be part of the community of God and yet not really like people? On today's show. They say that I cannot do what you've called me to. It is not possible, unattainable. I will never see it through, but you've spoken. dreams with you. Well, hello. So glad you could join me if this is your first listen to the Fairly Spiritual Show. Where have you been? No, no, no. I'm, I'm so glad you could listen to today's show. Um, so this is a, a relaunch of uh, the Fairly Spiritual Show, which I did a, a long time ago, and we're about into the seventh show of the new edition, and uh, it's a little different what we're doing here. I've just released a book called The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor, and i got to tell you, these are just flying off the bookshelves. And when I say flying off the bookshelves, I mean, uh, no, not so much. No, (laughs) it's available in text form at Amazon. You can get the book uh, through audio form. I have an Audible book. Yes, I did read it myself. You can do a Kindle version. You can find out that by going to Amazon.com and typing in the community of God, or you can go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org, and find out more information about the book. I even have the ability to sign copies and send it to you. Uh, But the reality is uh, I am not a worldwide famous publisher, author. I'm just someone like you who's ministered for a while. I don't know if you've done this, but I've ministered for a while. I feel like God put it on my heart to write a book after pastoring uh, for a prolonged season, Uh, teaching classes, working as a radio host for five years, 1,200 shows. I just felt like God put it on my heart to write about community. So the last uh, seven shows, we've been going through each chapter of the book, and and you don't have to, if you just joined us, you'll be able to figure out what we're doing today. But I just wanted to have a little 30-minute podcast about each chapter of the book, and just to get into the in-depth of what I really love, because I think This will change people's lives. Uh, I wrote about community because community is something I struggle with. And today is is kind of this this break in the seven-part series where I want to get really personal. We've talked about a lot of theological issues and quoted different scriptures, but today I'm I'm going to give you just one of my struggles of writing this book and of talking about community. I preach about community. I teach about community. I have a new book on community. But here's a little secret. I don't like uh, being with people. I don't even like people. 
uh, well, I mean, I like people. I'm, I'm not mean to people. But my inclination, and, and I do say it that strongly, I don't like people, in that my inclination is to want to isolate. I don't, I don't want to be in situations where I have the chance of being hurt by people, judged by people. So, so what do you do if you don't want to be hurt by people or judged by people? You just isolate. You find the people you can trust and you hang out with those people. But you can't do that in ministry. Part of ministry is you're supposed to open your heart up to new people. A visitor comes into the church and whoever they are, you welcome them. That's what Christ would do. That's what you're supposed to do. But the reality is I don't necessarily like the process of getting to know people, of being with people, the hurts that are a part of being with people. Uh, I'll use an example of this. And this is important to look at this because I believe the Bible is so clear, and we've talked about it uh, with shows up to this point, and we'll get into it even more deeper in the coming shows. But the Bible is just clear from Old Testament to New Testament that God is working out his kingdom purposes through community. It's not a bunch of individuals. It's we are grafted into a larger expression, and that larger expression is the, the fullness of God on earth, or the fullness of Jesus on earth. If you are a Christian, Christ is in you, and Christ is going to want to abide with community. And I'm not talking about maybe the kind of community you abide with it doesn't look like a traditional church, but you're going to abide with different people and connect with different people and truly make your life about other people than yourself if you're a Christian. Because Christ is in you and Christ is the body of Christ, the, or the body of Christ is the church, and the church is the fullness of Christ. And so Christ is going to want to gather with his fullness. So there's this tension that at one level, I want to isolate. I want to be on my own. I want to just spend time with my wife and my kids. And 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 my nature is just, if you tell me there's a gathering, I, I want to isolate. I just, I just don't want to go to it. I just If you hook me up to the lie detector test, I could smile and say, that sounds like a great idea. But inside, I'm I don't want to do it. And that feeling hasn't gone away. No matter how many positive experiences I've had, that feeling has not gone away. So I have that feeling, that strong feeling. It might be genetic. I don't know what it is. It might be sin nature. You can decide what you think it is. But it is so strong in me. And yet I've been called to be a pastor and just to be a Christian and to be in community. And I think this is the tension because there's people who listen, listen to the show who are Christians or interact with me in different settings and, and you'll say things, well, I'm just not like the regular person who likes to be in community. I, I'm an introvert, or I'm a loner, or I'm an isolate. And, and we've addressed some of those things, but here's the deal. Regardless of who you are, regardless of where you are in any human spectrum, we're called to be in community, every person, at some level. Now, how we abide with each other, how we exist, that might be different. In fact, it is different. But we are called and equipped to be in community, yet often our desire is to run away and to be in isolation. That's a real tension. And I wanted to talk about today that it, when I tell you these things and say, you know, the Bible says this and all these you know, scriptures about what's important about community, that you don't see it as some sort of accusation from someone who it's just really easy. You know, you should do what I'm doing because I have a bunch of fun doing it and you should do it too. In fact, even as I say things, when I preach things, or even during this podcast, I'll say things and I'll think, I don't want to live that. I don't want to do that. 
as I'm saying it, I'm saying, I believe the Bible says this, but I don't want to do that. Even this week, uh, if you're listening to this as the show comes out, it's, it's around the 4th of July. It's a little after the 4th of July. But I am, um, every year for the 4th of July, I don't look forward to the big gathering we go to. And it's not because it's not a fun gathering. It's just, I get up in the morning and I know what's set. I know what we're going to do. We go to this parade. It's, it's uh, you know, we have these different family rituals. And then in the evening, we go to a family friend's house and gather together and, you know, eat some food, talk, play games. You know how this goes. Sun sets. Where, where we are, it's like a war zone. Everybody can light off anything they want. And next thing you know, the fireworks are going and, and we do our big celebration. And then we go home. Well, every 4th of July, everyone, no matter how I'm doing, no matter if it's been just the most amazing year I've ever had or I'm in the pit, when I wake up, I'm like, I don't want to go. And I know when I say this, even people who are at that that gathering, if they heard that, and some will probably hear that, they might think, man, you are a jerk. What a jerk. Well, does Doug think he's better than everyone else? He doesn't want to be with people? I'm not telling you something like I make a decision in my mind. I think I will not want to go. I'm just telling you, I, the core of who I am, the biology of me, I don't want to go. But I know I'm supposed to go. And so I don't go based on how I feel. I don't. And and it, sometimes when we talk about growing in the Lord, people are praying, you know, Lord, would you just bless me and touch me in such a way where I just feel like doing stuff. Like I, it's just a joy. And maybe you have a testimony like that and you'll, you'll email me or, or tweet me and say, oh, you know, I just, I used to feel that way. And now I just love going to things because God changed my heart. Well, first praise God that God changed your heart. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't think this is going to change in me. I, I don't want to go, but I know that I'm called to that community. I know there are friends and family, and loved ones, and people that I need to connect with. It is good for me to be in relationship with them, and it's good for them to be in relationship with me. And it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for me to be alone. So I, I, I go. I go based on my knowledge of Scripture. I go based sometimes on obligation. But I go with a commitment to something bigger than how I feel. It's not how I feel. If I went by how I feel, I wouldn't go. Feelings are sensuality, right? Sensuality is what I can taste or touch. I can sense the senses, you know, what I can hear, smell, taste, touch. I don't go based on feelings or sensuality. I go based on convictions that are rooted in the scripture, but not just the scripture. I have to literally start talking with God and praying. And, you know, is it okay for me to go? Is it is it what you want me to do? And and the Holy Spirit confirms, yes, you're called to this community. This will be good for you, Doug. I know you don't think it'll be good for you. It'll be good for you. You don't want to take your medicine. It feels like medicine. You want it to taste sweet. It doesn't taste sweet. It tastes like medicine. But I want you to do it. Every time I do it. During the day, it can be, sometimes it's a good event. Sometimes maybe it's not that good of an event. But as I do that, I see the value in it. But if I just went based on feelings, I would never go. I say this to our church, in fact, and, and again, maybe this will be used against me. This whole podcast might be used against me for why I shouldn't pastor the church I pastor or be in any leadership position. Uh, but I'll often tell our church, I did not become a pastor so that I could have more friends. 
and people will get upset. I remember someone getting really upset at me, like, well, one time you said you didn't want any more friends and don't you want to be my friend? And I said, well, you didn't listen clearly because I said I didn't become a pastor because I needed more friends. I wasn't like, I'm lonely, so I'm going to find a community not to be lonely. That's not why you go to church. It's like, well, I need more friends. That's, that's at least for me, that's not the issue. Some people do. Some people have no friends or are isolated and they want the church to be their friends. But for me, I don't, I'm not a pastor. I don't go to church so I can have more people to annoy, more people to fail. I go because I'm called to be in community. And if you're like, Doug, I want you to tell me more about that. Listen to the six shows that just came up to this and the, and the seven or so that are co- going to come after this. We will go through theologically all the reasons why we're called to be in the community. But I didn't want the book that I wrote, uh, the, the Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor, I didn't want that book or this podcast to be some sort of accusation like, you need to go to community in, in community because good people go to church and blah, blah, blah. And if you were like me and just some sort of law placed upon you. I wrote it because this is something that I struggle with deeply. And I've often met people where they just think they're in a special category. They're like, well, I'm just not the kind of person that can be in community. And I like to challenge that. Yes, there are some people who very unique situations where it's harder for them to abide in community. And actually, we'll talk about that. People have suffered spiritual abuse and physical abuse and other things like that. But I'll tell you, There are many, many people who regularly involve themselves in a thriving or a committed Christian community who don't want to be there. Just as much as you don't want to be there. They don't want to be there. But they go because they know they're called to be a part of an expression that's bigger than themselves. And so that's what I wanted to address today. That we are called to a community that is bigger than our feelings, bigger than our emotions, bigger than our desires. I didn't become a pastor so I could have more friends. I became a pastor because God called me to be a pastor. And before I became a pastor, I regularly attended some sort of Christian community. And and even when I was in a place where, I I remember there's a time where we were in school and our home church was in another place. And this is when I was very young and my wife and I were newly married. And so we facilitated a community in our apartment, we had a Bible study with college students. Because there's, there's no, I, I can't find any, any scriptural support for isolating myself to my own interest or just to my own friends that I get along with. Christ came into the world to reach the lost. He came into the world to reach the broken, to reach the confused. If you watch, Christ traveled around and he went in many different circles. And at some level, I need to be available to a community that is bigger than my insecurities, that is bigger than my comfort zone and my comfort level. So that means to open my heart and my home to a bigger expression than what I'm comfortable for. I had someone say this to me once. Uh, You know how pastors can just lay things on you, and maybe I have the mistake of doing that sometimes, but... Uh, he just said something. I don't know if it, was, it wasn't to me directly. It was a group of pastors. And he said, you know, there's no room in ministry for insecurity. No room. And, and the idea, I guess, was insecure pastors will hurt people. And, and I almost laughed out loud because, one, every pastor I've ever met is pretty insecure. So if there's no room for insecurity in ministry... There's no room for most pastors. And in fact, I just thought of it more personally. If there's no room for insecurity in ministry, there's no room for me. 
because I am insecure. I, I don't think I can do this. And again, you, you might say, well, what's the nature of doing this, Doug? This is very self-serving. I, I just want to challenge this because I know this is how the enemy attacks people. They say, well, you're just so different than everyone else. And you, you're so different, you don't belong. You don't belong here. That's what the enemy does. Satan says, you don't belong. You're too different. You're too marred. You're too broken. You're too anxious. You're too depressed. You don't belong. Now, sometimes Christians come along and they say, you do belong because you're not anxious and you're not depressed and, and you just got to look at it differently and you got to turn that frown upside down and we just need healing in those areas and we, we ask people to change. I, I think there's another route. The other route is just to admit this. I don't know why I'm anxious, but I am. And God loves me and he still called me to be in community. Sometimes I struggle with depression. Yes, try to deal with that you know, medically socially, counseling, relationally. But the reality is there should be a healthy enough community that depressed people can be there and be accepted and be loved. That we accept people for where they're at and who they are. And we don't ask them to suddenly become a different person. Well, you know, you, you can abide in community if you just no longer are depressed or no longer anxious or no longer worried or concerned or, or if you're no longer an introvert. There's got to be a way where we acknowledge those things. Yes, I, I don't know why you're that way. I don't know why I'm this way. But still, there's a place at the table for you. And in fact, this community, this church, this world will be a healthier expression if you abide with community. We need you. We need the loners. We need the introverts. Yes, we need the extroverts too. There's an extrovert out there feeling like, hey, what about me? Yes, we need you too. We need the people who feel comfortable and the people who feel really uncomfortable. And we need to be honest in talking about this that some of you will never feel comfortable. But still, we must have an understanding that community is good for us. And by faith, we move forward into that. And as we move forward by faith and by the leading of the Holy Spirit, we find ways to abide in community. Someone said, you know, there's no room in ministry for insecurity. And so part of me, I'm like, well, I just can't be a pastor, right? I just, because I'm insecure. I just can't be a minister. And I think that's the lie that so many people buy into. And I wanted to address that is that, it's, well, I, there's just no room for me in the church because it's not changing, right? There, I'm talking to someone right now and I, I, I just know, you're listening and you're like, Doug, you don't understand. And the first thing I'd say to you is you're exactly right. I don't. I probably think I do. I'm like, oh no, I understand, but I don't understand. So yes. Let's just buy that. I don't understand. But the Bible is pretty clear in this, that God loves his entire family. And his promise to Abraham was that he would make Abraham into a people that would bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth, that he was making Abraham into a family, into a community. And from Old Testament to New Testament, we'll get into that in, in deeper ways. Salvation is a community expression, discipleship, uh, mentoring the proclamation of the gospel, every aspect of the Christian life, spiritual gifts, they're to be expressed in a community expression. And if you exist as a human in whatever form you exist in, you are a part of that community. You are needed to be the full expression of the body of Christ. So our challenge is to expand the definition of the church enough so that people can abide and feel welcomed. Like, I belong here. I'm a quiet person, don't want to talk much, but I belong here. I'm a little bit of a verbal person. 
I belong here. I'm a restless person. I belong here. But so many of us are, you know, there's just no room for me. Doug, there's no room for me. And the reality is that in some churches, there might not have been room for you. You were hurt, you were harmed, you were judged, you were treated as second class. But I'll tell you this as well. Rejection will happen in any community, whether real or just imagined. It'll happen. I'm insecure. You know, I preach, I think my church likes me. I think they like me. I will preach a message, pour my heart out, feel incredibly insecure, And no one after church comes up and says, hey, thank you, that was good. Or maybe like one person will do it. My my mom will come up to me or my sister. Now, I know that they love me. And there's different ways that they'll express that. But for whatever reason, they just don't do that. Maybe they think I'm secure and okay and I feel fine. Some of you are saying maybe it's a terrible message. It, It could be. But the reality is, Here I am, the pastor, having an active role in the service, and no one takes time to say, hey, we appreciated that, and to send a note and say, here's the three things I liked about that, or or, hey, you know, thanks. Now, if I didn't believe I belong there, I would use that as indication like, ah, you know, no one accepts me, and they don't want me here, and I don't belong here, because I do feel bad after that. It makes me feel bad. I feel bad. And I would isolate. I'd find ways to isolate. But I know I'm called to be a pastor. I know I'm not supposed to make my decisions based on my insecurities. So I keep showing up. I keep ministering. I keep preaching. And guess what? I still have relationship with people, whether or not they say something after the service. Every person is going to face that. And every person is going to face situations that will justify their desire to isolate. You'll face rejections. No one greets you. No one shakes your hand. You know, I go to church and no one greets me. By the way, if you're waiting for someone to greet you, that's not how it works. Christ is in you. Let Christ greet people through you. That's how it works. If you wait for others to be loving to you, what I've found in general, I have to reach out. I have pastors I have to call all the time. They're friends of mine. I have to call them. They never call me back, but I call them and it's a good interaction. And they say they appreciate it that I call them and they appreciate the interaction. But they don't call me. If I just sat at home and said, oh, you got to call me or, you know, I don't belong in this community, I wouldn't have community. I wouldn't. But I feel like I'm called to facilitate relationships with other pastors. So I call them. I connect. I reach out. And I just say by faith, that's what I'm called to do, whether they ever reach out back, whether they ever return the favor. I go to church and I try to bless people as best as I know how, whether or not they bless me in return. But if you start with the premise that I don't belong, and then you look for reasons to not belong, you won't belong. There's no room in ministry for insecurity. You know, there's no room in the Christian community for insecurity. If that's the case, then uh, there's no room for most of us. The question I have to ask is, Lord, how can you use me? Use me in my insecurities, my struggles, and my desire to isolate. How can you use me? This is what I've had to decide by faith, is that community is good for me, and to commit to that. And this is a faith commitment, and and even here, I know I could do some real clever things, but I just believe that this is a challenge, and some of you understand this. Here's your options. You can go into isolation, or you can embrace community. That's basically your options. You can move towards relationships or you can move towards isolation. 
And by faith, you either do one or the other. And you have to decide based on what you know of God and you know of his scripture. And, and I follow the scripture. If you follow something else, you follow something else. But if I just follow the scripture and it's communal. Jesus ministered with disciples. The disciples ministered two by two. The spiritual gifts were given to people to be exercised within the body. That is the body of Christ. That Abraham was to be made into a family, into a community. That we learn of God's love, not in isolation, but through relationships. Just as I believe I made a covenant before God that I would be with my wife and that in loving her and in that community of marriage, I'd find out who I am and who my wife is and who God is. Uh, just as I believe that I have the covenant in the sense of children, my children have been entrusted to my care and I will grow more human in loving them and in laying down my life for them and abiding with them, that there's no opting out of that relationship. I believe the same thing to be the true true with the community of God when it comes to church. And I'm not talking about just an individual church. I get it. Sometimes you got to leave churches, go other places. But the concept of being a part of the community of God, the church, it's covenantal for me. There's no season. There can't be for me a season where, no, it's just about me. There can maybe be I'm hurt and I go back and find a better place or flee from evil and danger and garbage out there, but I'm still called to facilitate relationship, whether it's to have a Bible study in my home, whether it's to start a church, whether it's to do something. But if I move towards, perpetually move towards isolation, it's not good for me. And it's not good for the body of Christ because I was created to be a blessing for others and others were created to be a blessing to me. And if I isolate myself from Christian community, I isolate myself from the ministry of others and from ministering to others as well. It's one of the things that shows how selfish we can become. I see this, that sometimes people uh, will isolate from, even the church I serve, they'll isolate because of my failings as a pastor. And the first thing I'd say is they're right. They're right. Like they're upset about, in the sense of my failings, they're right about that. Like, uh, Doug, you know, you didn't, call me when I was sick, you didn't visit me, you didn't... There's a list of things that I've done wrong, and they're just right. I could say, well, you know, you need to see it differently. I could totally take it. Like, you're, you're right. I should be a better pastor. I, I didn't do it well. I Yes. But one of the things that I've always struggled, people will be upset at something the pastor does, and so then they isolate. They're like, okay, I'm not going to church because he didn't call me or he didn't find me. And then it's it's perpetuated. I'm not going to church and I'm going to wait for the pastor to find me, right? That's a common one. And one of the things I do is in general, I do not go find people who are doing that. If they're waiting for me to call them, I think I don't want to feed into that because the last reason you do anything spiritual is because someone else came and found you. It's the difference between being lost. Like Jesus says, go after the lost sheep, but the lost sheep are really lost. Like they literally don't know where to go. But someone who knows where to go, but they're just upset, that's, that's not lost. That's just someone's made a decision that they're going to hold their own spiritual vitality hijacked until I do something. That's not a good relationship. And what makes it not healthy is even if I am not doing a good job, if they believe the church is only about me, then they've missed the church. 
because there are so many other people. They could be like, ah, pastor, I'm annoyed with him, but I still continue to go to that body because there's so many people I've been praying for. I care about sister so-and-so and and brother so-and-so. I care about that family because I've been praying for them and their kids, and I need to go through that thing Sunday, or I need to go to that women's group thing because I've actually been praying for that person, and I care about them. And there's that homeless couple that comes, and they need rides, and if I don't show up and give them rides, it's harder for them to get anywhere. And there's that that man who's getting off of meth, and you know he's been struggling with that, and I was going to buy him shoes, and I need to see how he's doing. The fact that people can literally be so isolated in their faith that one bad interaction with someone cuts them off from the church is a sign they don't understand community. Because community isn't just about one person. Now, sometimes one person can be such a jerk that you got to deal with it and say, I can't be here because the pastor is a control freak. I get that. But even there, you'd have a conversation. You'd say, hey, pastor, you're driving me crazy, but I'm still coming because there's about 50 other people here that I'm investing in. There's never been a season in our church where there wasn't someone incredibly needy who just needed someone to love them. Right now, in every church, you can have the world's worst pastor preaching up front, just saying stupid stuff, and you can still minister the kingdom. Just be like, eh, I got to listen to him, and just look around and see someone struggling. Just see the person who's wearing clothes that just look like they, they, you know, they barely have any clothes, or there's holes in their shoes, or, or you see that they've come with all their kids, and they're trying to take care of them, and you realize there's no one else to help them there, and there's, you just see the struggle. And all you can say is, you know what? I don't know about that pastor, but I'm going to bless this family over here. I'm just going to spend all my time blessing this family. And you could have a more lively understanding of the church than hearing great sermons and music and the right children's program and all that. Just to invest in people. That's what we've been called to. To invest in something bigger than ourselves. Something bigger than our emotions. Something bigger than our frailties. Something bigger than our failings. You've been called to something bigger than yourself. But if you just go by feelings, you won't do anything. I want to challenge you. Grow in embracing the community of God. Don't go by feelings. Go by calling. Trust Jesus that he's called you into relationship. Trust Jesus that he's called you to communicate and to connect with people who are broken and messy and difficult and frustrating people who make you angry, people who just drive you nuts, people when you're in the room with them, you're like, ah, man, I just wish that guy would stop talking. And then say, okay, Lord, you've called me to this community. Show me how to love this man. Show me how to love this woman. Show me how to abide when I want to run away. Show me how to move forward when I want to run back. Show me how to live through this conflict instead of when conflict comes, head for the hills. And show me how to start attending and abiding in community when I feel like garbage. I'd like to say that it's easier for me to be with people. I'd like to say that I just make friends easier and I just have opened my heart to more people. But the way I started the show is the way I'll finish it. I still don't like being in community. At least I don't crave community. I don't crave being with people. When I wake up, I'm like, I don't want to go to that thing. I, I, I don't, I even get nervous before church. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how to talk with people before church. And I don't know how to talk with people after church. I, I still feel that way. I still get incredibly hurt by situations where there's misunderstandings. And when I do stupid stuff, I think, oh, I should never be near anyone. 
even during the show, there's things I've said where I think, oh, boy, Doug, that's just so, oh, that's just dumb. Why'd you say that? And then I begin to judge myself and I begin to just question, what are you doing? But God has called me to be in community and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. Messy, broken, incomplete, but I'm going to do it. And I think we need to facilitate churches that share that message, that we're honest. We want everyone here. We want the introverts and the extroverts. We want the people who don't want to be here to be here. And we want to recognize that. So if they're a little grumbly, we give them some grace because the fact that they're in the room is a miracle. We don't judge them based on these external signs, but we're just so thankful that they decided to show up and love someone. Because I'm telling you, there are people right now who need loved by you. They won't listen to me. I think I've offended some people in this podcast, and I've said some strong things. And, and if it doesn't relate to your life, then don't take it. Don't take it at all. Just say, you know, Doug doesn't know. I'm not going to take that. But if I've been speaking to you, and you know the Lord's been speaking to you, this is what I believe. The enemy of your soul does not want you to be in relationship because you have authority. Because through you, people can be reached. I can tell someone I love them and hug them and encourage them and say, I'm so glad they're here. And they'll look at me and they'll just be, that's what a pastor says. But you, you from the 10th row, you from the 30th row, before they walk out, you go over, hey, hey, I just want to tell you, I've been praying for you all week, and not because you're doing anything wrong. I just felt the need to pray blessing upon you. And I know that might sound weird, but I want you to know this week that there's someone who cares about you. And I'm going to be here next week. And I'd love to see you next week as well. Not because it makes you worthy or me worthy, but just so we can find a way to encourage each other. And I want you to know if you're ever struggling you ever need someone to pray with, you ever need to just say, you know, I, I just can't take this anymore. You need a safe person. I'm a safe person. Now, the reality is you're probably not going to say all those words. But it's amazing what you can say when you hug them, when you bless them, when you welcome them. You have far more authority than the pastor, certainly far more authority than the podcast maker. God can work through you. Okay, in the coming weeks, we're going to get into some deep theology. I hope you stay with me. We're going to look at salvation from a community perspective, discipleship from a community perspective. I really want us to go deep, and I'd love for you to join me. Could you do this? Could you encourage others to listen to the podcast? Could you share it with others? And I'd love it if you'd read my book. I really think it'd be a blessing to you. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org. And you can order a copy where I will mail you a signed copy. Or you'll find links to be able to go to amazon.com and order The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. I want you to grow. I want us to grow together in opening our hearts to abide with difficult people because we're difficult as well. All right. I so much appreciate you listening. I'll see you next week. Hey, this song uh, is written by my brother, Dan Bursch. I'd love it if you could check out his music on iTunes. Give him a little love as well. I'll see you next time. They say that I cannot do what you've called me to.
my dreams with you.